Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Almost Christmas. Hear the fire crackle, the sparkling lights of the decorations inside and out, the smell of balsam around the house, hot chocolate in hand, and the beautiful traditional sounds of one of our favorite Christmas songs of all time. Morse code. Wait, 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 wait. What? Morse code? Yep, that confusion that just struck your ears was the same confusion that some sailors experienced some hundred years ago when they expected to hear Morse code, but in fact heard the first radio broadcast of all time. And sure enough, it was a Christmas song. What Christmas song, you might ask? Stick with us after the break and grab your coffees and hot chocolates too, I guess, as we wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy episode of The Missing Chapter. Happy holidays. Welcome back to a Missing Chapter podcast episode with Phil Schaff and Phil Horander. Phil, you mentioned in your intro how this season in particular really kind of goes well with a hot beverage. Sure does. Whether it be hot cocoa or our choice, of course, going to be a hot cup of coffee. Today we're drinking Waking the Neighbors, Black (laughs) Rifle Coffee Company. I love how there's a rooster wearing night vision goggles on the front of this packaging, and it screams high caffeine. It does. But this was gifted to us in the season of giving, gifted to us by Teresa down in Guidance. Um, and, and we love Black Rifle Coffee Company because we've talked in the past about their support of the troops and their mission statement with regards to veterans. It's a good cup of coffee. High caffeine because we need it this time of year. There's we do. a lot going on. We do. Uh, yeah, love the high caffeinated beverages. And if you combine hot chocolate and coffee, oh. I know you know you got your Dunkachino. Yes. But I know um, Utica Coffee Roasting Company also does hot chocolate with caffeine infused. Oh. It's incredible. I, I'm all for it's any one of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, Phil, you talked. Uh, the holidays are a really special time of year, and we're not telling our listeners anything that they don't already know, but. You know, there's just so many different things you can point to that, you know, tradition-wise. But I think one of the most important ones when it comes to Christmas, definitely Christmas carols, Christmas songs. Absolutely. We all have our favorite, and we all have ones that we, we are anxious to hear as soon as Thanksgiving is behind us and in a rearview mirror. And you're going to tell us about, I think, one of the more classic, one of the more popular songs and its backgrounds today. Absolutely. So from OceanLinersMagazine.com. Uh, they did a, a, an interesting article, and I think the wording of the, it, it fits perfectly. And it, it talks about on the night of Christmas Eve in 1906, shipboard and other maritime, uh, maritime radio operators along the U.S. East Coast were pretty startled because they heard a voice and music coming through their headsets instead of the usual harsh, raspy Morse code. So I'm, I'm sure that many of these sailors on these huge cargo ships were thinking they were experiencing some sort of divine intervention or, or some sort of major malfunction during their long night shift. Never did they did they think it would be uh, intentionally done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that technology didn't exist. But what they were actually hearing was the world's very first radio broadcast, courtesy of Reginald Fessenden. And the song he played and sang was, in fact, drumroll, O Holy Night. I love O Holy Night. I mean, it's, of course. It's awesome. Right? I know it. 
and it's one of those one of those moments where I, I think we mentioned it last year where um, I just remember as a kid you know we'd go to my grandparents uh, speaking of traditions we would be listening to Christmas carols we'd have the hot chocolate my, my family's and I'm playing with my Hess trucks and so forth and my dad would we'd be by the Christmas tree my dad would say All right, everyone stop mm-hmm. everyone stop this is what Christmas is all about everyone's around the tree we're just relaxing yeah. You have those smells, the, the, you know, your, yep. your olfactory sim- systems are, are just, you know, peaking right now because of all the things that are around you. And I yeah. think that's th- those are those moments we have to cherish. And this song in particular, I think for our family, it was, um, you know, Christmas Eve Mass. Yeah. This was yeah. always one of those songs that it really just encompassed everything uh, about the season. It's and true. And you looked forward to when it was sung at Mass. Yeah. And there was just there was a, a physical feeling to when when you heard it. That's yeah. true. That's very true. And it's it's funny you should mention that physical feeling because if we look at the origins of O Holy Night in 1847, the French song oh, I'm I'm not good at French. Cantique de Noël was co-written by a Jewish composer named um, Let's see if I can pronounce this one too. Adolphe Adam. And a decade later, so around 1857. An American minister, John Sullivan Dwight, translated the lyrics into English. Okay, As an abolitionist, Dwight was struck by the lyrics of the second verse. So if we go to the second verse, Chains uh, shall break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. So at dusk that evening, the Canadian wireless pioneer Fessenden takes that, that monumental, because he was, he was moved by those lyrics as well, and he's like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna project any sort of song across the airwaves, it's gonna be something that's going to pique the interest of the people, as well as strike them in the hearts. Because this, the, the origins of the song itself is is so attuned to you know including everybody in this in this Christmas spirit. So Fessenden was the one that says, hey, I gotta take knowing the origin of that song, I gotta take this song over many other possibilities, um, but this is gonna be the one that he he transmits over the the wireless uh, transmitter. So this is at his Brant Rock, Massachusetts laboratory, and he sends out what they call a general call to all stations, what, what is known in the Morse code or telegraph world as a CQ hmm. on his telegraph key. So here's how it works. He positioned a microphone near an Edison phonograph. Now remember the Edison name, because we're going to go back to that. And he broadcast, initially broadcast a recording of Handel's Largo, which is an opera-style uh, kind of song. So he next picked up his violin and, of course, played O Holy Night. He sang the last verse and ended with a brief Bible reading from Luke 2.14, which read, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, um, and was heard across several hundred miles. So Fessenden's reading of the story of the nativity from the Gospel of Luke and playing O Holy Night in his violin made it the first Christmas song ever broadcast on the radio and the first song ever broadcast in general on the radio. The question is, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, some hundred years ago. Right. How did he do it? How did he take all that, you know, which is not even new technology. It's never been done. So this pioneering, you know, adventure of his, how did he do it? Let's find out more with, I might add, some local trivia as well after the break. Welcome back from the break. You're here in the Missing Chapter podcast with Phil Schaff and Phil Hornder. Phil, we're talking um, Christmas carols, Christmas music, uh, a big part of the Christmas tradition. And here we are in season four of uh, the Missing Chapter. We have a great audience. We love we do. our audience. We love interacting with our audience. So um, if you follow us on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, 
be on the lookout for some polling that we're going to be doing. We'd love to know what your favorite uh, Christmas carols are. If you don't follow us on social media, shame on you. You're getting coal in your stocking. You need to start following us. Um, in the new year, maybe that's one of the things that you add to your list of things you want to do on the new year is, is following the Missing Chapter podcast. And let us know what your favorite Christmas carols, your favorite Christmas music is. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Maybe there's some good background stories that you're not even aware of. You caught me off guard there because you said it with such a smile. Hey, Merry Christmas and shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you actually just sparked something in me other than my, uh, you know, un, un, <laughs> unfettered laughter. Is um, I think we'll, we'll adjust the Spotify. So any, any of our Spotify listeners, uh, we'll, we'll edit our polls. So if you scroll down where, where you pressed play, um, interact with us on Spotify. Sounds good. Uh, speaking of Spotify, by the way, one of our favorite things to to do and, and, and experience is the Spotify Wrapped. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a Spotify listener, every year you get a Spotify Wrapped uh, to show you, you know, what your trends are. We have over a hundred listeners that uh, the Missing Chapter is their top podcast. So, thank you all for your participation in, in uh, our endeavors here. This is this has been a great year for that. So, let's get back on track here. You said Christmas carols. We're talking Oh Holy Night, Morse Code. Uh, this guy Fessenden, pretty pretty interesting guy. So I just mm-hmm. want to give you a little backstory, and then we'll we'll close up shop here. So he was born in Canada in 1866 to an Anglican minister, and I think that's one of the reasons why he he really focused in on O Holy Night and the lyrics behind it, because there's such uh, meaning as we talked about at the beginning. So at age 20, he worked in the Edison Machine Works facility and actually met Thomas Edison in 1887. Uh, so he was only in his early 20s when he met, met uh, Edison. It really changed his life and his scope for what he wanted to do. In 1890, though, he was laid <laughs> off from the Edison lab and went to work for Westinghouse Electric Company in Newark, New Jersey. A year later, he transferred to a small electric company in Pittsfield, Mass. 1892, a year after that, he, um, that company folded, and Fessenden became a professor of electrical engineering, at uh, first at Purdue University, then at Western University of Pennsylvania, which is now the University of Pittsburgh. He received funding from the Westinghouse Company and worked uh, on the problem of wireless communication. Now, this is pretty interesting, Phil. So Fessenden, he's, he invented and patented a number of components uh, useful for what they would call uh, radio, oh boy, radio telephony. It's essentially wireless transmission of speech. That's what that was called in those days, including an electrolyte, uh, boy, Electrolytic, I think it's called, detector, sensitive enough to pick up continuous radio waves. So this is the origin of where he's going with this Morse code and, and actually projecting uh, a holy net across the waves. He's also, I think this is pretty cool too, he also has been credited with inventing a sonic depth finder. Oh, wow. Yeah, submarine signaling devices, you know, and, and uh, I don't know what this means, but a turboelectric <laughs> drive for battleships. Pretty amazing stuff. So this was all um, that's, you know, basically sparked what we enjoy every day and every, every Christmas season is this, this holy night across the radio waves. And I think really, historically speaking, is he, he sparked an entirely new era in general. Yeah. Speaking of that, here's the local tie, which we mentioned before the break. Oh, that's right. WGFM in Schenectady, New York. Oh was the first station to broadcast in stereo. And did that have something to do with GE, General Electric? It, it must have. It must have. I don't know the exact times, right. but I'm sure it did. Um, how about this one? Under the call sign KDKA, <coughs> Pittsburgh's Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company transmitted the first scheduled broadcast on November 2nd, 1920. 
KDKA's Leo Rosenberg announced live returns of the presidential election between Warren G. Harding and James Cox. Westinghouse obtained the first U.S. commercial broadcasting station license just, just one month prior. Um, how about the following year? This is a, a great tie for, for us, too, our, our favorite pastime. The same channel broadcast the first baseball game, play-by-play, nice. play, which was between the Pirates and the Phillies. So a lot of, a lot of Pittsburgh ties here. And then a few months after that was football broadcasts. Now, I thought this was a, a easy way to tie this up. We always listen to, you know, we, now we have Sirius XM and all these different varieties. Uh, but the FM, came, the FM radio came 13 years after that with Edwin Armstrong, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool story in, in and of itself, which we might have to tie in maybe in a later episode. But now here we are, Phil, Christmas season, Morse code, oh, holy night. And now you and I are using similar electronics to project our voices across the Internet waves to reach our listeners and wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. A very Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, I'm Phil Horander. And I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.